Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I went to mom and said, I don't actually like construction. You know, what am I, what am I going to do? How do I tell dad? This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sham and in this episode, we're speaking with Ramon Fayad, co-founder of property development agency Ellison Property. Ramon was introduced to the industry at a young age and we learned how he went from a construction site to being a professional sports agent to now building large-scale developments from 4,000 to even 15,000 units. Ramon and his brother have grown up around construction and property development. With construction in their blood, it's now time for their generation to take the reins and lead the business in a new direction. My family uh, have been in property their whole lives uh, through construction. My grandfather, his grandfather, going all the way back to our, uh, we're third generation now, but even uh, his father and his grandfather, they were all builders back in our uh, homeland of Lebanon. So in the 1800s, they were building schools and roads and all that. So it's been in our blood, it's been instilled in us. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it literally is in our blood and we've just grown grown into it from a uh, very early age. Now today, yeah, we've uh, me and my brother have created another um, company set up another arm, uh, just more of a development arm. Uh, yeah, looking for new, new, fresher ways to do things differently. Um, we, I mean, we wouldn't be in this position without our family, without our history. But it's got to a stage where we, uh, you know, just want to do things differently, new 21st century kind of thing. You know, um, young, new, fresher approach, and yeah, using what we have learned in the past and through our family. Though, with the company on his shoulders, he keeps himself physically and mentally strong. So I'd be up at 5 a.m., uh, go to the gym first thing in the morning. That just gives, sets you off on that right path where you're achieving something, you're doing something, keeps the mind fresh, body feeling good. Uh, so with a personal trainer every morning at 6, 6.30 a.m. Um, straight after that, into the office at about 7.30, 8 o'clock, pick up the coffee, go through the news. So I always like to start the day reading what's going on in the world in the news, um, using all um, yeah, whether it's property, sport, everything, like just the whole, whole um, everything, um, you know, uh, big on sport. So sport's my uh, my break from from work, you could say. Um, yeah, and then and then I get stuck into the day, which is meeting with the heads of each department, um, going over their reports, seeing where everything is. So it's not a physical. I get in and I check emails at a certain time. It's it's more we're creating a company here where everyone's free to talk to each other, walk around. It's not you do this, sit at your desk. It's get up, walk around, 
go for a coffee to have a meeting, you know, just pick up, don't have to always pick up the phone or are you available? It's just walk into the office. So there's not a real set structure. Everyone's doing their work, but it's more about, um, yeah, just um, getting everyone involved a bit more. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, my day is involving. My stronger point, which I have learned in the past, was, was in planning and acquisition. So I still do gravitate towards dealing a lot more with the real estate agents, dealing a lot with state government and local councils to get our approvals through. So that would take up most of my time still because it's just naturally the way it is. We've got the planning team, but at the end of the day, yeah, we need to, um, that's what I come back to. Um, And then, yeah, my brother, uh, Fayad, who's also the other co-founder, he grew up more on the construction side of it. So it was a good balance. So yeah, we've actually balanced out well, which is which has helped us, yeah, get to this um, and start this company. At what point did the brothers establish their positions? So I think our father at a young age saw our kind of strong points and he he um, uh, kind of, yeah, so straight from school, my brother went out on site. Um, I went out on site, didn't like it as much. So my dad saw that and kind of put me in the office business management side of it. So it was good. Um, and yeah, it's, it's worked out beautifully now. So we both have our strong points. We both still cross over, like I'll cross over in construction still, he'll cross over in acquisition, but you just have your strong points and we go to each other for advice and uh, updates on where everything's at. Ramon grew up and went to school in Constitution Hill, where he's still based now. I've literally, in the 32 years of my life, I've been in, not a bubble, but everything has been Western Sydney. Like I was born in Westmead Hospital, I grew up in Constitution Hill, and I went to school in at Maris Brothers, Parramatta, which is across the road from Westmead Hospital. Um, yeah, and just, just knowing the area is what obviously kept us there, but investing, like in it, going back to my um, grandfather and uncles in the business, they were always Western Sydney. They believed in Western Sydney, they knew... They knew the area. Uh, and yeah, again, growing up, it was, in, it was instilled in us. So we, yeah, I mean, they, they stick to what you know as well. So it's not that we don't go out to other areas, but we know what we can develop for. We know what we can build for. We know the sites. We know. So we just stuck to our stronger point was Western Sydney where, um, yeah, where we knew we knew what we were doing. So growing up in, in Western Sydney, you went to school there. Did you actually also finish high school around the area and then go on to further education? Yeah, so again, yeah, so Maris Brothers, Parramatta from year 7 all the way to year 12. Um, then after after school, it's interesting, I uh, to give you a bit more of a background, I went on site as soon as I, construction site, as soon as I finished school, expecting it just to go through the flow because that's what my brother did as well. So I was expecting, you know, I'll go on site, go through the, go through the ranks, go through the steps. Um, but it was probably... About a, six to eight weeks into construction, I didn't actually like the construction side of it. So I was always into sport when I was younger. That was, uh, was like from soccer, footy, tennis. I played everything. Um, so uh, eight weeks in, I went up to went to my, my mum first, being a bit of a mummy's boy to break the news to her. <laughs> you know, I was a bit scared to tell dad I didn't like construction. So I went to mum and said, I don't actually like construction. You know, what do I what am I going to do? How do I tell dad? And she's like, No, just tell him, be open. He, we're not going to force you to do what you don't want to. We want you to be happy in life. We want you to be successful. But at the same time, you need to be happy, which is the, the most important thing. So I actually stepped away from construction and property and went on to do sports management, which is yeah, which is a player agent. So I was like managing football players, soccer players, basketball players. I had my accreditation with the NRL. Um, so I did that for about a year. But, I mean, stepping away from that then allowed me to realise 
what I did have in the in the construction industry and the property industry. So, I mean, I took some stuff away from it. It was good. It was a good learning experience. But again, without the support of my parents here, I wouldn't be in that position now where they let me step away and see what I had. What was it about the sports industry that led him back to construction? I thought it would be um, all the glitz and glamour of sports and celebrities and getting involved in the team. But I just didn't have that didn't have the passion that I thought. Like I gave it time. I had a lot of work experience with other agents and I just didn't have that. Like I was good at the start when you're learning something new, but then probably about six months in, I just thought, you know what, this is not, it's not what I thought it would be. Um, not because I wanted to get straight to the top and be the number one agent. It was just, I just saw the nitty gritty of it all, the behind the scenes. It just wasn't, it, it, was, it wasn't a passion. Like I didn't have the passion that I thought I would have had. So, and again, that then obviously allowed me to, take a step back and say, okay, I had it good. Like, you know, I've been blessed with what my family has uh, helped me set up and what they've set up for me. So it was, okay, look, let me just have another shot at it. And that's when my dad pulled me in and said, okay, you don't like construction. It's fine. Let's look at the business side of it. And that's when he started getting me involved with um, dealing with real estate agents and dealing with planning. And, and then I read that, that's when I really loved that. I saw that I saw, yeah, the, um, I saw the potential there and yeah, it just went from there. So, but I mean, it's good. I mean, what I learned in sport management allowed me to bring some, um, some of the, those key attributes to the property industry, which is all the teamwork and working together. Uh, so it, it was good. I mean, it's, I didn't like it. It wasn't the future, but to say I didn't learn anything from it would, wouldn't be right. I did learn a lot from there and um, yeah, allow me to appreciate uh, what I do have. Growing up in high school, would you spend time learning the ropes from your parents? Yeah, yeah, on holidays. Uh, so in our term holidays, the two-week holiday breaks, some um, dad would wake me up at 6 a.m. or wake up with my brother at 6 a.m. Yeah, there's no holidays. Uh, uh, but I wanted to do it. Yeah, I wanted to do it. It wasn't about they wake me up and drag me out of bed. Like, say, it wasn't forced. It was I wanted to do it. I wanted to learn. I mean, yeah, growing up early on, I mean, from when I was six or seven or eight, when I could start understanding things a bit better, like we'd have a family barbecue with all our cousins and relatives and the talk was construction, the talk was property. So without realizing it, you were learning, you were picking up on things as well. So yeah, and it just gradually built. And a lot of people in my uh, in my year at school, a lot of their families were involved in property. So without, yeah, so it's all, it's all um, it was there without physically really focusing on it. Like you just heard it in the background. So you learned and learned. Um, but yeah, no, it, from a young age, I, I've been involved in it and yeah, I knew there was always going to be some kind of um, future there for me. Ramon shares his parents' career and business story. A property has been their number one um, investment uh, vehicle, you could say. Um, but over the years, we've my father's kind of gradually started getting into different kind of businesses too. Um, he realized that property um, is now for me and my brother so he's kind of now started to a bit more through medical through finance he's getting it into a bit more businesses um, but yeah they're, they're, like you said they've been nurturing they've been great they've um, allowed us to do what we want to do it's always it's not a yes or no it's come to me let's talk you know let's let's work out a way so they've been great um, they'll always be in property I mean they've got yeah got a lot of properties so Mum's always been, mum's involved in the business, but obviously not as much as as dad, um, but she's part of it. She's in the office daily. Um, but yeah, she's more the, the mother, the go-to when you, you need an issue and there's a problem. So she's like, the, she's the office mum, we call her here. So she looks after everyone's. With there being so many pathways in property development, the Fayard family settled on mainly apartment developments. But now the brothers want to shake things up a little. The apartment development was a strong point at the start. 
Um, and that what that's what got me into it, seeing the developments that were doing, just seeing it come alive from, you'd be, you'd go to, uh, on the way to school, I'd be driving past our development sites and I'd see the apartments going up. And from our school, we were building one behind us. So when I was in class, people were saying, oh, that's your development. That's your, it gave you like proud, you were proud, you know what I mean? So seeing stuff go like that, people saying, oh, your family's doing well, your company's doing well, it, it inspired me to want to keep doing it and keep that tradition going. So apartment development is always the best, but now, with the new group, my brother and I, we want to create more communities. You know, we want to give that retail mix. We want to give that vibe to each development. When you walk into an Ellison development, you want to know, you'll know it's an Ellison development. Good retail mix, good like good living. Um, yeah, so that's why. So we still will always be apartments. It's what we know. It's what we've been doing for over 50 years. What the family has been doing. So I think that is our strong point, and we'll keep doing that. But. Yeah, it, it was always apartments. Um, not to say we won't do anything else, but apartments will be our strong points. We've developed commercial buildings in the past. We've done our townhouses. We've done retail shops. We've done shopping centers. But we just always, um, 90% will always be apartments. And on the scale of the apartments, like how many apartments do you usually look at doing on average? There's always about 2,000 apartments under construction at any given one time. In the planning, there could be up to, I mean, there's some of the big developments. Like we've got one up at, in Leppington, which is uh, earmarked for about 15,000 apartments in a 18 in an 80,000 square meter shopping center. So obviously that's not being built overnight. That's a 10 to 15 year project, which will be built over time. Um, then there's bigger ones in scope. That's no, not bigger. There's one in Schofield, which is 4,000 apartments, one in Parkley, 5,000. So we're really, we're long-term where, you know, where we're here to stay, we're developing, we're working with local communities, working with local councils to get the best development. So we're, like I said, we're proud of what we, develop we're not yeah here today gone tomorrow we stand behind our products and uh yeah so they're the kind of developments that we're doing we're creating communities creating um um yeah creating mini suburbs you could say so yeah and we really um really enjoy doing that it's not just putting up apartments and hopefully leasing the shops later we're getting that retail mix right from the start we're engaging retail architects retail agents to get that input to make it sure it's a viable viable development so Coming up after the break, Ramon Fayard shares insights on the future market. So we do know that uh, the immigration is going to pick up again. The borders are going to eventually open. It's not going to be closed for a while. We learn how Ellison Group funds the business through large-scale projects. So once you've delivered one job or two or three jobs, they trust you, the trust is there and you just keep repeat business. He outlines the build to rent process. I mean, it's been the talk of the town for the last year or two, but there was no incentive <clears throat> There was no real incentives for developers to do it. And that's coming up next. I'm Tyrone Sharm and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey Property Investor, is your cash or equity currently earning you 1 to 2% per annum sitting in the bank? What if I said to you that you can do better? To find out more, simply register your interest to become a money partner at propertyinvestory.com. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest to get a high return with low risk on their money for 6 months. Register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Ellison Property are dealing with large-scale developments, constructing massive apartment complexes building communities and even creating suburbs. 
How are they finding the demand for these kinds of works? Obviously, COVID has put a pause on immigration, but before that, there was a huge drive. We saw, I mean, everyone could see that Australia was, Australia's the safe haven. Everyone's coming to Australia, whether it's investing or wanting to move. So I think the demand is there from overseas and um, once the tourism picks up again. But I think, like I said, our developments are not two-year projects. They're 15-year projects. They're 10-year projects. So we do know that uh, the immigration is going to pick up again. The borders are going to eventually open. It's not going to be closed for a while. Um, and yeah, I think so that that is where it's immigration. Um, and we're still seeing a large number of um, locals here who are still buying for family members overseas. So mums and dads are buying property here for their future, for their kids to come out in the future and still study. So study and education is a big part. I mean, Australia's got the best education in the world. So you've got your background, like your Chinese, your Indian, they're all buying here to, for their, yeah, for their, for their kids' futures. So between immigration, education and growth, I think those three cover us over the next uh, 10 to 15 years, I would say. And that's really interesting because we're looking at long-term, like, you know, usually smaller developments take anywhere between, say, oh, 12 to 24 months. And basically, you're in and out and you got your cash and so forth. But you're looking at like 5, 10 years. How do you actually sustain a business for that period of time? Uh, so, when I say a 15,000 or 4,000 unit development, it's not getting the money for the 15,000 units up front. You stage it with the funder. You stage it with the um, whoever your financier is at the time. So, Yes, it's a 15,000 unit development, but they'll look at it 500 units at a time and you'll deliver it in stages. So they're going to fund you for the first 500. They roll that money into the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. But at the same time, we've got a pool of assets. We've got commercial buildings. We've got retail assets. We've got um, hotels, a hospitality business where we keep we keep funding through that as well. So there's, there is a lot of cash flow, but cash flow is big king. You need a lot of, you obviously need your cash flow to keep businesses going. But at the same time, yeah, the construction arm is run through, the construction development arm of a development is run through our financier team, but they look, they, they forecast. So they look at it in stages and we've got heads of finance. We've got a finance director who's X, A, and Z. So he understands the whole process and he's got the contacts in the industry. So they will continue to, um, they continue to work with the funders and we like to only work with a minimal amount of financiers. So once you've delivered one job or two or three jobs, they trust you, the trust is there and you just keep repeat business. You know, they know you're going to deliver. So there's no, the risk is a lot more minimal. So a key to that would be proving yourself in the first couple and then yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll naturally just come back to you and want to do more and more. Fantastic. Yeah, that's always been the challenge, I guess, with any development because I think at the end of the day, when people are actually buying property just to invest, they hold on to it and you've got your stable cash flow from rentals. But with these ones, as you said, until you actually deliver on it and obviously with pre-sales and so forth, that's when you keep rolling the funds through. But I mean, even the pre-sales now, there's a lot of build to rent that's happening now. So, financiers, uh, financiers are good. They're, they're they're more they're business minded like your traditional banks when you used to do with the Westpacs ANZ it was yet to be 110 percent debt coverage which in this market it just never get off the ground so financiers now have understood the market's changing and they're doing a lot more build to rent um, developments which we're also uh, doing a few of them too so it's educating them as much as it is just asking for money you got to take them through it uh, yeah so it's good it's it's good I now have I mean the last maybe four or five years got more involved in the finance side allowed me to travel a lot more to Hong Kong, to India, to Dubai, to look at all these funds and see what people are looking for. Uh, so it's been good. It's been good. And I think it's there. 
they're willing to change. They're willing to adapt. So whatever the market is, this financier will change or you'd use a different financier for a different project just to keep it, uh, keep it flowing. Ramon explains the concept of build to rent, outlining its key benefits. I mean, it's been the talk of the town for the last year or two, but there was no incentives. <clears throat> there was no real incentives for developers to do it. So, but now recently, the government has come in with a 50% land tax reduction if you do build to rent. Um, so they're starting to realise it's more and more. But in short, build to rent is like you build, obviously build it and you can only rent it and you've got to rent it for a certain amount of period. There's got to be an on-site manager. There's got to be amenities for the community. So like a community center or a, um, somewhere to, somewhere for the residents to meet. Uh, it's good. It's again, it's another development. It's another part of the business where it can assist you with cash flow. Uh, financiers like it once there's, so basically you'd, you do a development site, you'd be you'd rent it out and then you'd refinance it. And that's how financier, um, moves out or a financier has two different arms where they have a construction loan and they have a um, long-term hold asset loan. So they'll do the both. So they'll another pool will refinance it and just keep the um, money turning there. So you pay them interest or whatnot. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of people doing it now. Um, and it's another, it's another good thing for people who obviously affordability is an issue in Sydney for a lot of people. So rental is their only is their only option. Uh, and yeah, you'll, you'll see a lot more coming coming up. And we'll, yeah, we'll continue to to do some. But it's good. I mean, you can still own an asset and you can rent at the same time. So I think a lot of people are doing that now. That's great. So just to clarify and understand, you would be building the as a developer building the apartments, and then also too, you'd be property managing them as well too, because you're renting out to tenants as well. So therefore, you literally have to set up an arm to to run that. It's, the property management yeah so we've got a property manager in here as well who will be doing that but again it allows us to then either go to the local real estate agent or run it with us depending on how big it is or or whatnot but yeah we've got a property manager in house who, who runs that whole thing but yeah you're right it's another arm you're basically setting up the business to purely look after that so to a mini hotel service department kind of development it's very smart it's like you're almost like you got your big chunks of cash coming in from the sales of the properties and then you also got your rental arm which is your long-term strategy exactly yeah and that's what going back to what i said cash flow is and that'll be the cash flow that can help the business running which every business needs i mean i've heard a few developers they say you know build build some keep some sell some you know <laughs> yeah we used to do like so we'd sell some in the development and then we'd like keep some like 10 or 20 in the development but now we've actually said no let's do a proper build to rent developments where it's pure rent. Um, yeah, so I think in the next three years, we've, we've earmarked about 2,000 apartments to do as built to rent. So it's good, yeah. And it allows, yeah, and it allows, it allows the buy, it allows uh, options as well. You're not just the developer who sells, you know, people are, there's a lot lot more people who want to rent. So there is the market for it. And it, yeah, it gives us the, allows us to give um, op- uh, options for both, for both people. All people. And then talking about financiers, you're talking about going overseas to get uh, funding and so forth. Are we talking about like private funding here? We're not talking about going to a bank institution overseas, are we? Uh, no, private funds. Yeah, so private funds overseas yeah, manage uh, whether it's a super fund or private fund. Yeah, but it's it's funds over, from overseas, whether it's, um, yeah, it could be anywhere. Like we're dealing with the head of the each, each fund. Um where they get that they say it's a private money as well. So the 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 fund manages for these private um, high net worth individuals, and they, yeah, they and they um, 
yeah, comes through us. And What is it about Australia that these private investors are attracted to compared to other countries? Government stability is a big one. We're very, like, touch wood, never war. There's never, I mean, there's contra- never controversy or major things that shake up the government. And Australia's still young. They can see the growth and the potential. Uh, it's It's... It's distant from everyone, so it never gets caught up in all the European issues or the American issues. We're far away, we're safe, we're young, and you can, the way we, not the way we sell it, but we know it, and obviously having the experience in it, if you guys have been there for 50 years with all your experience, we know what you're doing, we know something's working, something's going right, so we know Western Sydney is our strong point, so we we can sell that well. We can tell them we're deli- what we're delivering, how we're delivering it, their return. And again, it's you can you can say it as much, but you need to show it as well. So we've obviously um, we've developed, we've delivered in the past, and with these funders. But I think going back to your question is it's it's the, it's the safety of the country and the potential growth. We're such a big country with a small population of 25 million, but that will continue to grow. People are continuing to come over and they know that there is, there is um, money to be made for their businesses, but the growth, potential growth is what, is what the key is, I think. Moving on, I asked him about his company name and where it originated from. So Ellison comes from, it's a combination of two words. Uh, the E-double-L is from a street we were grew up in well, my first house in Marylands in Western Sydney. So it was Ellis Street, Marylands. So I was there for the first five or six years of my life. My brother was there probably for the first 10 years of his life before we moved to Constitution Hill. But that E-double-L comes from Ellis. And the second part of Ellison, which is the E-R-S-O-N, is from Anderson Street in Parramatta, which was my brother and I's first project together. So we combined the two where we first grew up in our first project and became Ellison. Ramon describes that first development project they did as brothers. It's a 23-storey, 173-apartment development, which is a build-to-rent. So we're looking at, which that's why it also holds a lot of um, uh, sentimental value to us because we're going to hold it, we're going to build it, we're going to rent it, and it's going to be our first, it'll always be come back to being our first development together. Uh, so that's the one, yeah, it's always going to have that bit of a special feeling. Uh, ground floor retail on the park in the Parramatta CBD and something we'll always, we'll always, yeah, um, always uh, cherish, I guess, and have that special feeling, yep. How did you and your brother find that first development site? Again, luckily through uh, local, knowing local agents, we've had that site for a while. So we have bought it probably over 10 years ago, I'd say. Um, but this was before Parramatta boomed. Uh, so we actually had a DA approval on it for a six-storey, 50-unit development. Uh, but when Parramatta was changing, there was a growth. We took the opportunity and we decided to rezone the site, which is obviously uplifting and changing LEPs. Uh, got it to a 23-storey tower, um, increased the unit number, and, yeah, just through through a local through a local through a local agent and building that reputation in the industry knowing all the agents you know they come to us they know what we're going to if that we are capable of settling and delivering so yeah it was just a simple it wasn't yeah nothing nothing out of the ordinary acquisition it was just a normal clean acquisition and yeah ended up being one that we one that we kept and one that we're going to yeah always have a special special place for us Absolutely. So 10 years ago, you purchased it, had a DA approve on it for 50 units and then with the change in that, how did you go through that process? So it was actually our, our town planner who was our consultant on the job. He said, 
it was VA approval about to start construction, and he said, "Guys, there's a lot happening in Parramatta, um, as you know. I think this key, I think this site has the ability to have more uplift. It was on the park, so the design had to be specially designed. So it's actually like a step building, a step down. Uh, so there's no overshadowing on the park. So." Our planner told us, we went to council, we said, would this be something that you would support a rezoning through? They said, yes, definitely. We're all for it. Um, give it, yeah, taking into account the overshadowing of the park and surrounding uh, properties. But from there, uh, it started. We went through a design competition. We got the rezoning done first. So we rezoned that to 23 stories, six to one FSR. Um, and then went into a design competition. So three local architects um, all put their submissions in and went went through that and the winning architect was a group out in the eastern suburbs alexander design group um yeah and now the building's under construction it's up to about level nine i think today for level 23 and yeah moving forward so yeah like you can see that if you buy a site today it doesn't mean you're going to build it tomorrow so we bought it 10 years ago and we're now it's under construction so People would say, well, what's taking so long? Why is this, move, this site not moving? But in the background, you see how much work goes into it. It's not about, like you said earlier, there's so many aspects of the property the property life. It's it's not just buy the site, build tomorrow. There's planning, dealing with council, dealing with local government, design competitions. A rezoning process takes two years. So then a DA takes another year. Then a design competition. Then there's pre-sales. Obviously not for this one because the build to rent, but a lot goes into that, that um, early stages of development. Thank you so much to Ramon Fayard, our guest on this episode. If you've enjoyed hearing his story, join us next time when he shares some of the most influential people in his life. People um, coming from nothing, starting from nothing and yeah, just reading and understanding how they operate. We learn about a great achievement in his early life which motivated him to become a success. Um, so that was a that was early on in my career as well. So that was one where I said, you know what, I mean, I can... Yeah, I felt like Superman after that when that got approved. So I thought nothing can stop us. Fayad shares the harsh lesson his father taught him after his first successful development deal. I'm like, I put a year into this, all my hard work. It was my first DA, my little baby. And that's next time on Property Investry. And if you love the show and are ready to get serious about investing your money to get a low risk, high return, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a money partner. Right now, there are great opportunities in the property market and I'm looking for money partners who want to invest their money for a short 6 months. To register interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.